Hey everyone, welcome back to the House of Learning podcast. It's Richard here with Angela and da, 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 special guest, the number one pastor that we could get in the room today. <laughs> <laughs> it's Weston. It's me. Yay, I Weston. love the caveats. The number one pastor who was available on this time slot in this moment, last minute, yeah. is... I'm uh, joking. We no. set this up a week ago. It yeah. was very yeah. intentional. Kind of, I gotta, gotta give him a hard time. Uh-huh. No, I love that. I yeah. love being the fallback. I, I will. Do you are not. Do that. You're number one. Yeah. Well, thank you so yes, much, Angela. Yes. Actually, there was a. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. there was a guy that used to come to the church years and years ago that would rank the pastors, oh, and really? after every teaching, he would come and say, "Okay." If if you're here, then this guy is here, here, and here. So I got the high, highest I ever got was third after one of my teachings. So it was pretty good. I was, I was happy yeah, with third. Not bad. Yeah. medal. Yeah. yeah, I'll take it. You're still ranking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Made me laugh. I'm like, oh, and thanks, we can have but... a go at Steve because he's not even here. That's yeah, right. we miss him. Yeah, Steve's busy today. Yes. So. Yeah. What's Steve doing? Okay. He's, he's got a meeting all day. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Steve. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do today, we're in this go deeper series where we can sort of and a little bit like church catch up. Like, okay, what's been happening? What's going on? And one of the things that's happened, um, like, over the course of the fall and the summer, is there's this cafe thing in the foyer. Yeah. So what's the deal? <laughs> like, church cafes, just cheesy? Or, like, part of God's kingdom, mission? Like, what's going on with it? Great question. Um, okay, I know there's probably questions. Because we haven't had... We've talked about it a bit, mm. but we haven't had loads of chance to talk about it on Sunday. So it'd be really good to sort of... Western's helping to lead that, so... Yeah, he yeah. can share a bit of the vision. And then one of the things we're not, um, ironically, going to be able to talk about on a Sunday is how to go te- deeper in the way we interact with um, a teaching on a Sunday. So we thought that could be a call. You know, that's like a regular part of our rhythm as believers in this church. So how do we go deeper with that rhythm? So we've got two things to talk about. Yeah. So... Let's get into the cafe thing. Let's get into okay. it. I, I don't know what the most like acerbic question to just like provocative start this off. Yeah, well, I yeah. love the question that you gave. Like, like the question that you gave was cheesy or part of God's kingdom. There I mean, that's, that's, I love that question. That's a good question. I, I've seen, okay, and you must, both of you have seen as well, churches who've got like, it was a thing in like yeah. 70s, 80s, 90s. Right. But it was like, oh, you got a church, you got your own building, you got to have a coffee shop. Right. So is it just like doing it for the sake of it? You know, yeah. I because I think if you're a bit older and you've seen that, you'd be like, oh, like why are we doing this? Right. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the Genesis. I mean, I know you've gotten up and spoken in front of the church about that a little bit, but for people who haven't heard, I mean, bring us back and then yeah. where what the hopes and dreams no, are. No, that's great. That's great, Angela. I think so. You know, when we we cut back to however many years ago my role here at AJC has shifted a whole bunch. I think when I, when I came on eight years ago, eight plus years ago, I was working with the West Side School of Mission Theology and Worship. Woo-hoo. Call out. Um, I also was overseeing what was called the bridge, which is now young adults. Um, and so that was my, those are my two roles. And I did that for quite a few years. And so it's only been really in the last maybe two years that I've stepped into the hospitality slash facilities slash, um, uh, yeah, all of that. And it's been beautiful because we've we've actually been able to collaborate a whole bunch as a team, and um, to to really decide like what where do we want to go as a church? What's our vision? What is a vision as a church? And so I think the best way to explain what's happening in the lobby is that it's a kind of an outpouring of where we're wanting to go. It's not its own separate thing. We're not just like oh this would also be cool. Oh this would also be cool. But actually it's 
if we go back to the basic vision of we, we exist to join God in the renewal of all things by being a unified, spirit-filled family that follows the way of Jesus, well, then when we look at all of the different departments and we start to think about what does it look like to be a unified, spirit-filled family, what does it look like to create that environment, then it actually starts to create a filter for our decision-making. And so when we started thinking about the lobby, the, the, the genesis question that began it all is what are ways that people can feel most welcome when they walk in these doors? Mm -hmm. They feel like it's... Because we recognize that if, if, if you've had past hurt with the church or maybe you've never walked into a church building before, coming in can be really awkward. Mm -hmm. It can feel like... It, it's very foreign. You know what? Even if you've not. Right. I think like you go to a church that's a bit bigger... And, yeah. you know, like stepping into any crowd is always a little bit daunting. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we assume a lot, like if, if you've grown up in the church and been a part of it for a while, we just automatically think just, I, I don't know if our brain just doesn't see things the same way anymore, but there's a certain amount of box that we put in as a church lobby or, a, or a going to a church service that if we actually looked at it from the point of view of, of a neighbor coming in or somebody in our community coming in, we might f see things really, really differently. So we started really working hard to look at things very differently. Mm -hmm. And it and it started, to be straight up, it started with installing heaters on the front <laughs> walkway of the church. Oh, so good. Putting the heaters out front. Mm -hmm. What would it look like if you walk in? There's something about seeing a flame and a campfire yes. and that sort of vibe that creates a warm and welcome. Warm hug yeah. as you go so, in. So in the wintertime, we're like, we're, we're going to do that. And I also am recognizing that as I'm speaking, one of the heaters doesn't work, which we are getting it fixed. <laughs> but one does, right? So, so we started thinking through, like, what's that opening, that welcoming look like? And we begin to think in our culture right now, there's two ways. There's two areas that people are pretty comfortable interacting with, um, whether they've, they've ever been to, any, to a church or not. We all know that when we walk into an Apple store, we know how to engage in that space. There's people, the guys in the blue shirts holding the iPad, yeah. standing next to an iPad. I know exactly what to do. I want to like get to the wall because I'm not cool enough to be there. That's, that's, that's my mojo in the Apple store. I know. It is wild. But at least the reality is that we know, like we understand the purpose of that space. That's mm -hmm. kind of, that's common to our space. And yeah. So, it kind of says like there's someone here who probably wants to ask why you're here. Right. Or engage right. with you. And there's somebody waiting to help you. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that's one of the culture yeah. pieces. You walk into an Apple store, you can't be in there very long before you're approached by somebody. Yep. So if you'll notice as you walk in, the connect space in our in our lobby feels very much kind of like that vibe. We've got a couple iPad stands there and a couple people always standing yeah. there waiting to help you and to talk with you and to connect with you. So this is really important. It's not to look cool. It's not because we want to be like Apple. It's with the vision, with the strategy of how can we make it easier to connect with people, this is like being all things to all men. Right. Like how can we offer ourselves to people in a way that's familiar and approachable? It's, whether they've ever stepped into a door of a church or not, they yeah. would see those that that love it. They would see those things and know, oh, I think I know how to interact here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um and then the other space is a is a cafe or coffee shop. Everybody knows how to interact there. Whether you get intimidated ordering or whatever it might be, we all recognize that if there's there's a counter, there's a menu, there's a there's pastry case, oh, I know how to be in this space. Mm -hmm. And so we created that as well. Um, the cafe is, you know, it's, it's funny because instantly when we put it up, some of the main questions are, well, well, is, 
can I still get coffee? Do I got to pay for yeah, coffee Yeah, is it now? free on Sundays? Yeah. Is it, what about the pastries? The How old are the pastries? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> How old are the pastries? Are they musty and old? Have they been sitting there since last week? Are they new? Are they fresh? Have the kids sneezed on them? Exactly, all those questions. And so I'm just, just putting it all to rest right now. Okay. Black coffee will always be free on Sundays. Uh, you just come up and ask the anybody. The cup costs two dil- dollars, but the, the yeah, the, yeah. no, free, <laughs> free, free. No, free. <laughs> no, no, it's it's free. So you can come up to anybody that's standing behind there and ask them, "Hey, can I get a cup of coffee?" And they'll help you. You don't need yeah. to stand in line if you just want your coffee. Now, there are some things for purchase. I mean, the pastries are baked fresh every week. They're they're incredible. We um, local source them. Uh, they're locally sourced, I guess. Um, and then there's the gluten free vegan cinnamon roll that we're selling. That's just incredible. Again, locally sourced. There's also, which is kind of an unsung hero, there's this vanilla whip. It's like thick, like ice cream that you can put in your coffee. Um, it costs Oh, like I didn't a little know bit. about that. Yeah, no, it's oh, incredible. Oh, I'm getting that next time. It's incredible. It is it dairy it or like non-dairy? Coke it's, it's dairy. It it's is like dairy. a scoop of ice okay. cream, but it's, it's dairy. We've worked really hard to create a non-dairy version, and we haven't really create, been able to find one that works real well yet, so okay. we're still in that process. Okay. But the but it is, it's very, very good if Yum. you're if you don't mind dairy. And then there's kombucha. We have that on tap, and in the spring, we're going to bring cold brew. So why why offer these extra things? Yeah. So there's, the, like, there's thought behind this as well, mm-hmm. right? That, mm-hmm. Like, how does that change the culture or add to this, like, being yeah. a family or being welcoming or being generous to people? Yeah, things like that. That was a good question, because what you're seeing on a Sunday right now isn't the finished finished goal. Um, we have a goal of actually being able to open our coffee shop Monday through whatever um, to be a space for you to come and to bring your neighbors and your community to be, open it up to the business park, to open it up to um, people that want to come and, and find a, a way to be comfortable um, and, and to be able to serve the community that way. Because if we think about our church, not just something that exists on a Sunday morning, but something that exists Monday through Saturday is really more of like a I don't know, for lack of a better way to say it, like a local justice community center or something, a place where, because mm-hmm. we're going to want, we're starting to use our building in different ways yeah. as we in, have different groups and c- people come in to set up stuff. Like what would it look like for you to come in and, and work a couple hours out of an out of a space right here, get yeah. a kombucha on the side. I think get the it. play group's a really good example yeah, of that. It's a great idea, it's yeah. Like, is this just for church moms to be able to get together? It's like, well, no, that's happening and that's great. But it's also... So, like, mums who don't have community right. on our doorstep right. can actually discover it, and we can serve them, love them, right? you know, and Jesus reveals himself through that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I'm excited about this because, and I just want to know, like, when is this happening? Because I have immediate an immediate desire to, as I'm inviting friends for coffee, I have these friends that we haven't talked all December because we've just been like our head down dealing with, you know, Christmas and preparation and family and all of that. Want to get back connected with them. So I sent a couple texts to them, a couple of my friends yesterday. Hey, do you want to meet up for coffee or lunch? I'd love to have them meet like here for coffee yeah. rather than yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so talk about a little bit about the timing. Time frame has everything to do with permitting. Oh, um, okay. So that's, that's what's happening. At. So, All right. so we can right now do quite a bit w- under the um, umbrella of benefit of the member. Okay, um, that's the the legal term for it. Which essentially, every time we put on an event um, here at AJC, um, whether it's a um, Advent night or mm-hmm. a Sunday mm-hmm. morning, 
Um, if we're inviting the people that come to our church in, we can absolutely open the cafe. Okay. The moment we start talking about to our business park, hey, we're going to have a grand opening. These are our hours. Now that's not uh-huh. benefit of the member okay. as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of room um, when it comes to benefit of the member stuff. Like, Angela, if you invite your neighbor to come on yeah. a Monday morning, if yeah. the cafe is open because we're doing something and they walk in the door, they can sit, you can sit down and, and chill with them. Like, okay. it's, it's, it's a... It's, so there's there's different steps here. So step one, we're opening it on the Sunday morning. Right. Step two is is we're waiting to the moment and the space and the and to be able to do it financially to where I can hire somebody to uh-huh. actually step behind that counter and run it more on regular hours for our staff, for our volunteers, for our the people that come to our church. Okay. And when that happens, we'll of course communicate that to everybody that comes to our church. Say like, hey, um, we're we're going to have the cafe open on these certain hours as as a benefit to those that come to our church. And so then you can absolutely use that space to invite friends to come yeah. into. I like, I mean, even what you're describing, Angela, is like, there's, um, I don't know, we think of like, how do we use a church building? And it's like, well, you know, if you want to have a Bible study or a prayer meeting or a worship night, you know, there's like all these things that are like, oh, the obvious, right? But we talk about being a King Jesus family and yeah. the early church, like the church, the picture of the church in its genesis was this family, like in and out of, like the marketplace, the town square, the synagogue, but a lot of homes as well. Um, the, they were doing a lot of life on life, yeah. like shared life with yeah. each other. And like where is that zone in our culture where we go to do a bit of life with, like to, you know, have a bit of a, like, we, yeah, we invite people over. You know, we get together for dinner. I mean, we do this. Yeah. Get together, cook, you yeah. know, we do those fun things. But a primary is we go to a coffee shop. We go somewhere, yes. we can grab a drink, grab a bite and spend quality time together. Yeah. And so, the, again, there's something about like watching our culture mm-hmm. and thinking, okay, so this is like what we're supposed to be as a church. Mm-hmm. How can our space enable us to lean into that in a way that it can kind of grow and expand, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna. I'm really excited for. It. I'm excited for what it will mean in a hospitality point of view. I uh-huh. mean, that's that's the whole heart behind it. It's it's not going to be a crazy money maker. I'm not looking at it to be to be that. I mean, it it, it could help a little bit offset some things, yeah. like just upkeep in the lobby, for example. But it, we're not looking for it at it to be like, oh, this is going to help save no, us. We don't want to be the next Starbucks. No, exactly. <laughs> what in, in more than anything else, this is like, how can we tear down walls that people might have? as they think about walking into a church building. Yeah. And Evangelia, you invite your friend or neighbor or family member that doesn't know Jesus to come and have coffee with you or kombucha yeah. with you, and they're looking around saying, oh, this is what church looks like? Oh, I... Oh, this then and all of a sudden it's a step closer mm-hmm. to an invitation to Alpha or to Sunday morning or something yeah. like that. So the whole heart of it is like continuing to, to break down walls um, that way. I it makes it. me think about um, young adults, actually. Mm-hmm. And like, so someone's, you know, maybe they come to something alpha or on a Sunday or whatever for the first time. And they're like, oh, like, look at all these things that are available for me here. And if someone, you know, is not really jamming with Jesus yet, like, how are they going to notice like, oh, this is a place where like I'm being cared for. And so it's really interesting watching young people come to young adults. Yeah. And yeah, the bottom line is like you're 19, 20 years old and there's like a home cooked meal that someone's going to serve you and tell you to eat your vegetables so you can have some dessert and like be a mom and a dad to you. Mm -hmm. Like that communicates like you're being cared for. Yes. And but that it doesn't stop there. 
that then sometimes opens people up to that conversation about how Jesus wants to care for them or even just that pastoral conversation where you get to step into discipling and caring for someone but yeah the, like these things that are more like okay what's one of the step ones yeah right they really yeah. matter yeah and this is part of being in a post-christian city i think in a yeah. christian culture it'd be really easy to see the purpose differently and be like well why do you need it i mean mm. you, you know you just talk to your neighbor and you tell them like you should come to church because you should read the bible and they're like yeah. oh yeah that's right like the bible's a thing and i yeah. i haven't been since i was a kid i should totally yeah. do that yeah but like your average portlander no it's not a thing like the Bible? Why? What? Yeah. One Earth? Why, why would I go to church? Like, yeah, they're not arriving and gonna notice. Like, oh, there's a Bible study. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I should right? do that. Yeah, like, what's gonna <clears throat> speak like goodness and care to people? It's gonna be really different in yeah. a post-Christian city. Yeah, no, it's so good. Some of our inside language is like, what's the real front door? Like the front door of the church on a Sunday morning actually isn't the real front door. Yeah, the front door to your neighbor and your um, and, a, and a family member, somebody coming in into the building, is you, is you inviting, is you walking with them, and then and then finding spaces that actually are are. Because stepping from not walking into a church to walking in a church is a big step. But if there's a way to come in that makes it just a little bit easier of a step, like an alpha or like a women's line dancing night mm -hmm. or like a young adults or something yeah. like that, where it's like, you know, this is just an easier step or coming in to grab a kombucha and a scone. And might I just add that when we talk, when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, he was talking about breaking bread and remembering his body broken and drinking wine and remembering his blood that was spilled out. And when you think about those things, like sitting there breaking a scone and sipping a kombucha and really focusing on who Jesus is with, with somebody, like that's a lot of communion type stuff right there. Yeah. It's beautiful um, in the way that you can have those moments of interacting, um, I don't know, just yeah. together. It is not just for somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Like you're saying, it's yeah. somebody to grow. It's a way to, no, it creates space a pathway. to grow. Yeah, it's a pathway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking, I know like you've had questions where like, oh, isn't this like, you know, having the money changes in the temple. <laughs> right. like, yeah, this... like how do we reconcile that with like making, are we as a church making money and what is this, how, is this biblical or are we taking advantage of people? Yeah. Like talk to us a little bit about yeah. this because this has been a concern, I think, on yeah, somebody's for sure people's it has. hearts. And those are really good questions and ones that we have, have wrestled with. It's mm -hmm. not like where it's like, oh man, I forgot about that. You know, mm -hmm. like we've we've wrestled with this and thought about this all the way through. I think the, the best response to that is to actually walk back into the story um, when Jesus did that and he turned over the money changers. And for sure, there was, there was a whole cultural context, and we're not going to unpack the whole thing right now, but basically there was there was such a amount of cheating that was going on. You had to you had to essentially like take your money, exchange it for temple money that was a really bad exchange rate, then use that temple money to buy the sacrifices for the um, that you needed to come in there. And so there's a whole bunch of dishonest stuff going on. But the, really the point that Jesus was making when he turned over the money changers is he said it in Matthew 21. He says this, he's like, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. The space that the money changers were taking up was the space designed in the temple for Gentiles to pray. And when we say Gentiles, we mean even the Roman soldiers who were oppressing. Very, very difficult concept. And so he's saying, don't block that space for them. Mm. My house shall be house of, a house of yeah. prayer for all nations. So this was like us having a 24-7 prayer room and being like, oh, yeah, but we also want to like have a cafe and a front door. So we're going to put it in the prayer room. Right. And we're and doubling then we the, start the to, charge. We start yeah. to charge $20 a coffee. Right. Because what we're really interested in is money. And we've right. lost the why 
of like and if ha- you want to pray a path and if you want to pray you have to buy coffee prayer. first yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that that would have that's been more it. along yeah. the line and yeah. that's not that's not at all what's going on here rather this is just a simple way for us to be financially responsible in the same way like i would love to be able to have it free all the time that right. would, my heart would be like come mm-hmm. in it doesn't mm-hmm. matter the cost mm-hmm. for us like mm-hmm. i want to just give this back out but but we can't and so because we can't, does that mean we're not able to create a space for people to come? And, and the other really unique thing about it, if you want to create dignity, um, if you want to bring life and, and, and a feeling of, of worth, I, I've noticed that sometimes having free things actually doesn't communicate the right thing. Having somebody come up, because w- if we do free things, um, I've had so many people walk up and say, yeah, but I want to pay for it. Like, I don't really want to accept a handout. I would rather pay for these things. And so we try to keep the cost as low as we can. But the reality is that, like, if there's somebody coming in that's that's really struggling, low income, having a hard time with it, and it's like, oh, but for you, we're going to give it away free, it's actually doesn't that bring can, a lot of dig- yeah, dignity to that person. Mm-hmm. But instead, to keep the prices as low as we can um, and say, yeah, just come on in and we'll and we'll help you here. And you can do this. It's actually, there's, there's something really like speaking identity over them as well in those moments. If that makes sense. Yeah, I could yeah. go on and on and on about all of that. Yeah. But but there's just so many, so many different ways that we've approached this. It's not just like a, hey, the, here's a cool idea. Let's do it. Yeah, great idea. But actually, it's built up from the beginning question of how do we help people step in and feel yeah. like they're known and seen and loved. I let me love ask you, that. Let me ask you one more question, right? Because yeah. it's this go deeper conversation in January. So what if someone's like, oh yeah, like what, so what if I want to be one of the Apple geniuses? Like what if I want to join mm. in? Get oh, yeah. involved. So are there ways to get involved? The cafe, hospitality more generally, Heck or yes. even maybe it's just like, how can I as like an insider in the church, maybe show up a little differently when I'm around in the foyer and things yeah. like that, right? Yeah. yeah, no, those are those are really good questions. And the an- the simple answer is there is a lot of ways to serve and to be connect get connected and be a part of the Apple Genius stuff. Uh, Nicole Wright, she runs the the Connect Space and she's working through rotations and stuff of of individuals to be there. We have oftentimes the people that are standing out there are either some of our interns or they're actually our elder team that's standing out there to talk and have those conversations. If you want to help connect and, and be able to help answer questions like she would be the one to talk to about getting on on that the cafe like come find me on a sunday like i would love to talk with you about serving and getting plugged in that way but i also know that um this you, you didn't even realize you're setting me up richard but february 23rd is a friday we're oh, doing yeah yeah, we're, about yeah we're doing a hospitality volunteer team dinner that Ooh, night where we're good. actually going to focus on like vision and and um, heart behind it. And I'm really excited because Chris and Dean Hogan, the owners of Chick-fil-A, are coming, the Chick-fil-A at Raleigh Hills, they're coming to actually share some of their best practices and ways that they have, um, they trained their team on hospitality, which Chick-fil-A hospitality is, is stellar, unparalleled. Stellar. It's so good. So they're going to be, so if, you, if you're interested in, in being a part of that, again, come find me, but that would be something we want to open up and invite people to. But hospitality is such a huge part. It's the first impression. It's the way when people walk in the door, to act, they're they're a, really the hospitality team is the first hands and feet of Jesus moment that they might have. Yeah, the first person to and smile. It's at very them. biblical, and sometimes oh, yeah. we don't notice this because hospitality is so assumed yeah. in the ancient Near East cultures. Yeah, that it's not a, an explicit exhortation that's made that often. Yeah, but it, it's actually a, like one of the normal baselines. Yeah, but in our culture, uh, we're actually I would say not that good at it generally. Right. 
right. compared to them. Yeah. It's not as yeah. normal. It's not as ubiquitous, you know? Yeah. So, and maybe you're like, oh, but I don't, I have a hard time with people. I'm kind of an introvert. Listen, we've, we have our kitchen team that does coffee and they're all behind the scenes yeah. just cranking. We've got, that's our, my jam, man. That's yeah. how I learned hospitality. It's, it's like, let, hide in the kitchen, get to know some people. Yep. You're like blessing and serving people. Yep. We've got a chair team that tears <laughs> down chairs on Sundays. We're building that team out. We've got a DIY team that comes in throughout the week and starts just doing small projects yeah. around here. Making the sp- caring for the space. Ex- exactly. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of different things that we, c- we can do and help you get plugged into. So form but. an orderly queue next time you see Western. Exactly. And, and talk to him about these go. things. It's super fun. And I just want to say, like, I mean, we were new to this church about, I don't know, five or six years ago. And if you're the person who, like, you love coming to church, you love the message, you love the music, all the things are amazing, but you're not finding the friends, like, that deep connection beyond the two minutes, um, serving on a team is the way. Yeah. And it absolutely is because you get to serve shoulder to shoulder with somebody. You're doing something. You're not just like chatting, Mm -hmm. you know, face to face all the time. You're doing something and you're, you're providing for the community. You're growing together. You're praying together. It's a regular rhythm. You will be blessed more than you even can know how you're blessing others. You're going to be blessed. So do step into finding that team of person, people, um, Talk to us at the Connect space when we're there. Um, yeah, or definitely. So that's a, good, that's a good shout out into yeah. it. So true. Right. Let's talk about this other thing. Okay. So hopefully you're, you're going to be inspired like, man, part of the family. I want to participate more in like welcoming people into the family home, you know, like and building relationships, this kind of thing. And then we sit down, we open our Bibles and we do a teaching. And typically for us, you know, it's like going through a part of scripture, uh, looking at it through a lens of like our culture, how it applies, looking at it through a lens of biblical theology. Like that's our jam. Um, But it's, I don't know, if anyone listening or anyone sat around this table, have you ever had the experience where like you see someone Monday like, oh, I wasn't there. Like what was the teaching about on Sunday? Uh, it was so good. Trust me. Yeah. Right. Sometimes I'm going to be honest. Clearly, with you. all of us can go deeper here. Yeah. So my question is more of a practical, like how. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I'm going to be a little bit cheeky with you. Sometimes, and not every time, if I've gotten done teaching or in one of those moments, and somebody comes up and they'll ask, like, or they'll just say, "Hey, that was really good. Thanks for that." Sometimes people feel like they have to say that, right? Like if they see you right afterwards, they Mm -hmm. have to say that. Mm -hmm. And there has been occasion where I've been a little cheeky and I've just responded like, (laughs) oh, which part? (laughs) I like that. just (laughs) sit it on there. Ask me that anytime. Which part? (laughs) And and sometimes there's like a, oh, this, but more times than not, it's that... And, and, and again, I I know this probably, probably shouldn't do this. It's a little bit stress-inducing for people. But the reality <laughs> is that, like, it's hard to remember sometimes, even mm-hmm. right after a teaching, what what actually you just heard. Unless you're, like, really good at taking notes yeah. and go back through and all those sort of things. But even if I think about my kids and my family and even some moments myself sitting there, like, I'm tr- really trying to focus. But yet my brain just keeps running mm-hmm. all over directions. So. Yeah. Spurgeon gave a great sermon once about how to cook a sermon. So he's, if you don't know Spurgeon, he was like 125 years ago, the, one of the prince of preachers, very influential. Um, and yeah, he gave this whole sermon about how if you just listen and it kind of washes over you and then you go home, that's like going to buy stuff and 
like picking up the ingredients, but then not actually like baking a dish. How interesting. So he talked about like, you know, you kind of want to interact with like, okay, I've got like a new ingredient here, but like what recipe is it a part of? Oh, right. So, you kind of, so it's kind of integrating. Yeah. And then yeah. he's like, and then you actually need to go in the kitchen and bake it. Like you oh, gotta think good. about it, you gotta pray, you gotta talk to people, you got and, and he talked about these things. Mm. But it's always stuck with me. This I could it's just because I love food, right? Yes. And yeah. and cooking. Because I can just imagine that the tragedy of like buying something and just leaving it in a shopping bag in the garage to rot. It's like Yeah, I think <laughs> there are really other things in your garage, Richard, yeah. but we're I not mean, gonna we talk about that. No, actually you know, it's a good question, Richard, and actually like uh, as we, you know, getting one of the privileges that I get to do here at AJC is I get to sit on the teaching team, which is amazing. It's it's Richard, Tim, Shelby, Molly, myself. And so between the five of us, I feel like everybody else is writing calligraphy and I'm over here with crayons half the time because it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? Like, oh, I like that idea. I'm just going to tell a story, okay? Um, and it's really funny because just the way that, I, but the more I, I, I listen and we're, we're learning from each other, there's just this beautiful perspective that each of us bring to the team teaching team mm -hmm. and it's been it's been really really powerful and at the same time i've seen like such clarified unity even when we have a team of teachers so whether it's richard or, or tim or shelby or myself or molly teaching there's actually there there's a direction that we're going yeah and and the words that we're saying aren't just our own thoughts in the moment it's not like all right richard you've got you've got this section of the bible and molly's got this and shelby's got this and whatever you guys come up with that's great it's actually, we spend hours and hours praying through, thinking, talking through, main takeaways, small yeah. points out of it, scripture passages to sink into. What are we wanting people to do with it as they go home with it? What are some of the takeaways? We've really kind of tried to resource in a way, not just random, but actually, oh, if you're going to give this takeaway th on this week, then this next week, you could overlap that one with this and then push them forward this yeah. way. There's just so much more. We're trying more to create a journey. Yes. So rather than being like, well, what can I say about this passage that's encouraging? It's trying to create a journey. Yeah. And and it comes down to like believing that this is what God does as he teaches his church. Yeah. Is he actually has a strategy for how he wants to form us, shape us and use us. And right. that this is one of the ways he uses to lead us. Right. And so we want to follow. Right. And this like this brings Angela in as well. So like it's because it's not just the teaching. Team. It's not. Right. And then we're like, OK, how can we honor what we think God wants to lead us into yeah. to help pastor people and resource people to do the journey with us? Right. So yeah. like Angela and I do a lot of collaborating on like what community is going to do the next season. Like how can they how can we equip them to do the journey and things like that? Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's awesome to I mean, as you're talking, Wesson, and you're talking about, you know, this meeting behind the scenes, all the pastors like I never knew that. Um, I I just learned it a couple of weeks ago about like what really goes on in there. But it's a model for for what we're trying to do as a church in being unified and the fact that our pastors are unifying themselves in the message and the, and the momentum of the message through the, through the series. Um, it's something that we as a congregation, just as a congregant, I can sit there and go, yeah, I can see how these teachings build upon each other each week. And it causes me not to want to miss any Sunday because if I miss a Sunday, then yeah. I'm kind of like, like, I'm missing miss an episode of something you're watching on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's like, what happened, what happened? And <laughs> yeah. so so thank you. I just want to say thank yeah. you for that. And then just the ways that um, we're kind of using the same 
themes in other areas of, of the church in communities we serve on and then also in young adults and other yeah. places. I know um, it's been really edifying and strengthening as a body. Um, but then it also encourages the people who are just coming, for instance, to young adults. I always tell them, like, come to church because you're just getting part of it here. But if you come on a Sunday and we're trying to point these young adults coming back into church on a Sunday, not just having like a siloed Tuesday night. Um, and they have been, and that's been super exciting. Yeah. We had five baptized, um, last yeah. week oh, before last. And that yeah. was so, so powerful. And I think people who are joining mm-hmm, up like mm-hmm. in community, cause young adults is just a big community yes. um, or other communities. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, cause having said the Netflix thing, Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's almost like uh, not coming on Sunday, but going to young adults or to your community group. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's kind of like watching the special features on the DVD, but not watching the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. get back to right. like the heart but of it. But the other way around is true as well. Like yeah. if you're just coming on Sunday and you're not doing anything with it, that's kind of like, oh, yeah, I enjoyed the movie, but... Um, I, I didn't really, I yeah. didn't listen to the commentary or, you know, yeah. and just mm-hmm. if you really want to get the most out of it, actually you, you need a, a wider set of things than just attending for a teaching. Right. Which, and that's one of the things like the Bible movement in the American church. Awesome. Yeah. You know, post-war rediscovery of the importance of scripture. It really clicked for some good reasons, also for some bad reasons. That's yeah. another story for another day. But it sort of locked into people like listening to the Bible study is really important. And you notice it because people are kind of they're happy to come late up until the point the Bible study starts, up until the teaching starts. You can miss a bit of worship. You can miss a bit of like greeting time. You get like it's OK to miss stuff, but not you got to sit through the teaching. Yeah. All right. And people sometimes they have to leave early. Uh, and I, I always wonder because sometimes I'm like, maybe you got to go to work or, but sure. I just wonder why people, but like, it's okay to leave early when it's worship or communion, but it's not okay to leave early during the teaching. So it's like, we've got this importance on the teaching, mm-hmm. right? And that's great. But are we baking something? Are we, are we turning it into something? You know, if you've listened like over the last year to 50 teachings, like, are, are you 50 teachings maturer, stronger, more developed, more on fire for Jesus, more on the mission of Jesus, bearing a hundred you know, times more fruit, whatever it is? Yeah. Oh, man. Right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. do you just feel like, I just feel like I'm maintaining, but I get encouraged. And that's good. It's a good but, start. But Jesus has more for you. And yeah. this, is, this is the, like, how do you go deeper if you're in a cycle? So let's imagine someone who's like, I'm having, I've had a hard season. I feel like I'm kind of in survival and maintenance mode. I come to church and I listen to the teaching and I enjoy it and it's encouraging. I don't always remember on Monday what it was about, but it kind of reconnects me to Jesus and, you know, um, t- maybe like turns my head back towards him. Yeah. But but that's as far as I'm going. Yeah. And, I, and I want more. Yeah. How do I get more? Oh, these mm-hmm. are such good questions. I, I've got so many different thoughts and my brain's kind of just hyperlinking to several different ideas and, and things that were said. I mean, even earlier, Angela, you talked about serving and getting connected with people. Honestly, like that, we're not, it's sometimes it's hard as a church. I'm going to be like, show all the cards on the table. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard as a pastor to say, hey, you should serve. Because what I'm thinking in my mind, are you guys hearing, hey, I need my, the thing that I'm trying to organize better, better. Yeah equipped with people mm-hmm. but that's actually not the reality mm-hmm. of it the reality is that like no no serving is actually such a benefit mm-hmm. to the people that actually serve. we could literally go outside dig holes and fill them in 
yeah. the effect yeah. on us doing it together yes, would be amazing. Point, right? Yes. <laughs> so and so sometimes there's things that like we're like we maybe could... that should be one of the things. No, we do. no, no. Just no. to prove the point. <laughs> it's like that's why that's why sometimes hiring somebody to do a job isn't the right answer. No. I could hire somebody to do the job, or you train a team of four or yeah. five people to do it. Now they're building community and relationship together as they do this thing. So so there's so much of that. That's such a good question, Richard. Like. You've come to hear 50, pod, 50 teachings. Are you 50 teachings more mature? And, and if COVID taught us anything, it's that we can sit there and podcast the best teachers from all over the world, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the part that's missing is the relationship. Yeah. It's the relationship. Yeah. And sometimes last week, Tim even said this. He actually said it in a way like, are we replacing... I don't know the exact wording. I can't. <laughs> I don't remember the exact can't wording I was teaching, this but it was about oh, like, the irony. Yeah, <laughs> the irony of this moment. But he said something about like, are we thinking we're bored when the reality is that we don't have it, the idea was like a vision or something to yeah, move next purpose to mm-hmm. purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and there's something behind that. Like I, I'd, I'd say like so you've so you've heard the teaching, but do you have a place to actually exhale the teaching? Yeah, like like you've inhaled it, you've you've received it. Are you are you now spending it? I don't know yeah. another way to say that better. Where it's like, is there is there a way for you to now give what you've received? Yeah, I like mm. that. And there's so like good. it's like it's like the same idea. It's like the simple analogy of a balloon. You keep blowing a balloon up, eventually it's going to burst. Or if there's nothing that ever goes into it, it doesn't work. But a balloon can blow up and then exhale and yeah. blow up. It can go back and forth. And so the reality is like, are you? Finding a place to connect with somebody beyond what you've just received. Because we can just receive, we get to a point where our brains just don't really comprehend anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, like now well, what are you going to do? If that's all we're doing, that? what we're tacitly teaching ourselves is the purpose of a teaching is to make us maybe feel more full, more yeah. encouraged. And it's like, no, I think most of our teachings, the call is for like to step into something Jesus wants to do more than just, so like, just. Be a bit brighter right. in yourself right. this week. Right. Right? Just be but, smarter next but time. But if that's yeah. all we're doing, <laughs> we we start to sort of teach ourselves a, a habit of like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to get out of. That shows me a good teaching. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, ask the question, Am I, have I been a good student right. of Jesus? Right. Yeah, that's a really different paradigm. Yeah. Are, are the decisions that I'm making ones that I'm actually running through the filter of, of, of what what would be more like Jesus in this moment? Yeah. What would glorify Jesus more in these decisions? And I, I, I ta- have these conversations with my kids all the time, and sometimes I feel like, well, I don't feel like the response is this because the response is exactly this, where it's like, Dad, everything doesn't have to be a Jesus thing. And I'm like, I get it, but also... What an is. opportunity yeah. for a conversation. Yeah. Yes, exactly, yes. right? Yeah. Because everything actually is. You can glorify Jesus... In, in every decision that you make. Um, and the more that you practice it, the more it's going to become um, uh, natural. Like I'm, I'm coaching Piper's fourth grade basketball team right now. Oh my gosh, these fourth graders are incredible. Last practice, we had to stop everything because there was a bug on the court. So we had to like get the bug <laughs> off the court and then we're able to move forward, right? But, um, but the reality is that learning how to pass or learning how to shoot or learning how to dribble takes so much thought and intention and work right now. But what I know is that if they keep doing this over and over and over, it's going to become second nature. It's the same sort of idea. If you keep what what is going to become second nature to you? If second nature is the moment the teaching is done and then we dip out, like well, well, what are you actually telling yourself? What what are you giving mm-hmm. yourself permission to do? Versus, 
if you start pushing back against that and say, no, I'm actually going to linger. I'm going to serve somewhere. I'm going to meet up with coffee with my neighbor this week. I've been meaning to do this. I'm just going to... Those sort of second nature things will become more and more and more part yeah. of you exhaling what you've been inhaling. I think um, part of it is why, like you talk about, re- this is like relationship with others, relationship yeah. with Jesus's mission and yeah. the, w- our, the world we live in. But part of it is uh, like just our relationship with Jesus. Mm. So I think mm. about this, like when I was like a new Christian, I started reading the Bible and uh, I would read it. I wouldn't understand all of it, but I'd understand a bit. And I'd be like, oh, I've got some more information about like God or the kingdom or something, right? And then I sort of started to, to blend me interacting with the text with like there's me, the text, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like the Holy Spirit's actually going to like reveal Jesus's attitude and words and thoughts to me, you know, and, and help me interact with my God. Yeah. You know, and I, I think this is one of these um, what I, I did uh, when I was a newer Christian, I used to journal each time I did like a devotional time. And so I had filled notebooks with information, right? I, I would write pages. Mm-hmm. But I sort of transitioned to more like, okay, well, there's lots of information, but I'm not going to write all that down. What I want to know is like, what's the thing here where I feel like I need to actually interact with Jesus about something? Yeah. And I would write a lot less, but it might just be I would write, Jesus, forgive me for that. Mm-hmm. Or Jesus, help me to do this this week. Or Jesus, I commit to do it. It was like there was some step I was taking. I I think it's really interesting to you talk about a sermon, right? When you when people come up and they're like, that was so good. I love the teaching today. Mm. I'm like, what did you love? I love when someone's like, this has been going on in my life. I feel like Jesus is just telling me I need to do this. Yeah, or there was a moment where it's somebody like, you came, know the thing. Yeah, yeah, there was a moment actually, somebody's like, Oh, I loved it when you said. And then they carried on and told me, and I don't remember saying those words, mm-hmm. but what I knew in that moment was the Holy Spirit was speaking yes. to you. And you were responding in that moment to the Spirit speaking over you, regardless of what I was saying. And the beauty of that is that that's why so often we pray, Holy Spirit, use the words that are being said from the stage yep. and use them in a way that you need to use them to convict and to direct yep. and to point and to gently love and guide and lead those that are listening. And in those moments, that's that's beauty. You're right. Most of my conversation here has been like how to engage relationships but there is a really specific point. How do we engage yeah. with Jesus? So th- this mm-hmm. is a practical tip, okay? Have a notebook or a notes app on your phone. Yeah. If you're a note taker, like taking notes has got all these positive things. Like we, yeah. we know this from high school and college, right? It helps you concentrate. It helps you track. You end up with like some bullet points and you can look back and be like, yeah, what's the picture that's been building up on this journey? Like all of that stuff. Yeah. But even if you don't want to take any of those kind of notes... I'm okay. Yeah. But I want you to write down one thing each week. Yeah. What's that one sentence that's like, I think Jesus is trying to show yeah. me this to so do good. this. It's yeah. a two a two part sentence, right? Write those things down. Because holding yourself to be like same thing as reading my Bible. I'm not just gonna read my Bible to be like, oh, that's interesting, but I'm gonna read it. And if I if I read through it and I haven't got there yet, I might read again or I might pray some more and read again. I want to read it until I've interacted with Jesus enough, which I'm like, I need to think about this. Yeah. And the benefit, I mean, of writing it down in the moment, just one thing, two things versus like 10 pages um, is 
you and I do it on my notes app. I have actually just a, on the notes app, I have a, a file that's just t- entitled sermons. And I take notes on in that always in that file so that I can scroll through that uh-huh. same file all the way like back even a few years and read what I wrote down and it's the benefit of getting to then look back. And if it's if it's like what you said, Richard, just this one thing that Jesus wants me to do and how he's speaking, if you just write that, you can have the history of kind of your life through these teachings and be able to reflect and see and pinpoint where God has been working, where he's answered prayers, where he's been, been changing your heart. Yeah. And that is a beautiful, beautiful evidence to and, the Holy Spirit. And even sometimes holding your yourself accountable to like, oh, God said that three mm-hmm. times and I still haven't done it. Yes, mm. there you'll see that themes, well. right? Yeah. And yeah. and so it is, I there's I mean, not to be like condemning for people that don't take notes, but there is a beautiful practice in taking notes in a sermon during a sermon that you can look back and um it's it's yeah. something that will help you go deeper as we're talking and, about and today. It's sort of holding yourself accountable to like my goal. Uh, by the end of a teaching is to write down one thing that is of this kind of style of mm-hmm, like God mm-hmm. showing me to do this mm-hmm, today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and it, it could be go do something in the world or it could just be like, I just need to entrust this to him Yeah. or I need to spend more time with him this week about this. Or yeah. Yeah, it could be all sorts of things. Yeah. So good. But you're sort of holding, if you have that as a goal, it's going to change the way you listen. Your radar is going to be attentive, not just like, oh, Weston's telling a funny story. This is cool. Mm-hmm. But in the back of your mind, it's going to be like, hey, Jesus, like, what are you trying to show me today? Yeah. And it's going to set an expectation. And you know what? The other practical thing is the more you start to write those things down, the more you're going to find yourself not interacting with Weston, but with Jesus. Right. Yeah. And the more likely it is, you're going to have like some encounter, which is where you're like, I, I can, it's going to be really easy to write yeah. it down. Yeah. We were worshiping and like, I want to pray with someone about that. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and then there's, that's why we have this space after the teaching right. to process with Jesus. Yeah. It could be in worship. It could be in prayer. It could be as we draw close to him in communion. Yeah. It could be chatting to people after church. Like there's yeah. all these things. Yeah, so good. But I think we, we then set ourselves up to do some of the others part yeah. that you were talking about as well. Yeah. So that we walk out the door a little different. Mm-hmm. And so we're out of time, but I will leave you with this. Like, this is a really interesting illustration um, of like how God, meeting with God is supposed to change us, right? So Mm -hmm. I'll often say like, we don't want to walk out the door the same way we walked in. Otherwise, we've kind of missed a trick. And that's actually rooted in the Old Testament. When God was telling the Israelites how to set up camp, all the different tribes, all the like, you'll always be on the east, you'll always be on the west around the tabernacle, one of the directions was they were never allowed to walk in to the tabernacle through the same gate they would walk out. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And there's a whole reason for that. Right. And it's not really a thing I'm saying. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but I like what you're it's saying. It's stuck in my head yeah. as a useful reminder yeah. of like God doesn't want his people to meet with him. To leave the same And way. just be the same. It's yeah. like James says. Like yeah. what, what sort of fool would look in the mirror? of the perfect word of truth and walk away and forget what they saw. Yeah. And so uh, maybe that's like a, an interesting picture for you. So hopefully you'll, you'll talk to Weston. Yeah. You'll be an Apple genius sometime yeah. soon in Fe- some way February around 23rd, the church. Friday, come, come to that. Come. So good to connect with you. And then, yeah, start, start 
uh, I don't know. Have a think how you can level up the way you interact with teachings yeah. when you're at church. Love it. Awesome. All right, we'll see you next Thank time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.